Yeah, the poster child of faith in the Bible is uh, go where? I'll tell you when you get there. An entirely fruitless ministry and no one's going to like you. And you're Give like, me the oh, answer. I changed my mind. Uh, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> hey everyone, Chandler Patterson here. Welcome to the Jesus on Display podcast. Before we begin our content, I wanted to say thanks for supporting us here at Fellowship Greenville with your gifts and generosity. Because of your giving, we get to share resources like this podcast with you to help reach you wherever you are in your life with Jesus. If you'd like to support the ministry of Fellowship Greenville, you can head to fellowshipgreenville.org forward slash give to get started. Thanks so much for your support, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Hey guys, welcome to the Jesus on Display podcast. We're here. There's three of us now. We're doing three it. microphones, special guests, Chandler, cool. Johnny, and Jim coming at you. Yeah. You're on a the special Jesus guest as well. I'm, I'm a special guest. Yeah. There's no like host. We're all just yeah. special guests on the podcast. <laughs> We're all guests. It's great. All right, quick question for us, all three of us. Uh, three movies every pastor needs to see. Oh, gosh. I got Jim, number Jim, one. Jim, you go. Jim, you go first. I got number one. Uh, <clears throat> number one is Patch Adams. Oh, oh man. I was going to say that. Well, one. do better. It's taken. <laughs> it's taken. <laughs> go faster. See, it's taken. Uh, yeah, man, it's cause it's kind of a true story and I'm sucker for true story, but also it's about, uh, a guy, should I, should I say this? Is this what Yeah, we're you doing? can say this. He, he's, he's, he wants to help people in the medical field, Yeah, but he, he's so frustrated with the red tape mm. and like the, the political nonsense in the medical field. He wants to, he makes people call the patient by their name Yeah, and, uh, the pastoral stuff in there is so rich, so deep. I cry every time. The last time we watched it was with my family and my kids looked up at me like, Dad, are you all wrong? <laughs> like, is everything okay? This might be good. So, how about you pick one? Okay, I'll pick one, and then you okay, pick one. Yeah, that's yeah. a little easy. So you Rotation. go because I don't want to take yours. I don't want to take yours. I think I know what you're gonna pick, though. I don't know if you are. Why the don't witch? you go? Are you picking? Say it at the same time. Three, two, one. Good will. I was hunting. gonna say. <laughs> the, I was gonna say the way way back. Okay, oh, but that's, you that's, you go ahead. Really good. Yeah, yeah. Goodwill Hunting would be one for me, uh, because even though Robin Williams' character uh, kind of plays the role of a counselor. Mm-hmm. It's like he's pastoring this kid through his brokenness and his trauma and his past. Right. And the way he does it isn't uh, with formula and doing it by the book, but he does it with uh, Matt Damon's character. Mm-hmm. He meets him where he is, and he does it according to his personality and what he needs. Right. And so it's very like Christ-like in the way he descends into his mess yeah. and does it for him. So I learned a ton about how to care for people from that. Yeah. Now I feel like I should choose a Robert, Robin Williams movie. I'll go Man, with uh, yeah. Good oh, Morning gosh. Vietnam. No, Aladdin. <laughs> uh, Aladdin. No, I, I would say The Way, Way Back for sure. Um, there's, I mean, brief synopsis. Kid in a bad so. family scenario has a, a mom and then a boyfriend of the mom. And bad scenario, they go on vacation, and uh, he, the boy ends up meeting up with a guy who runs this water park, and he's just like ultimate youth pastor guy. Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. Great, great character. And it's just all about leaning into the next generation, especially those kids who go through a lot of trauma in their life and just being there, being present, being a, a, a source of comfort too. And he's kind of got his own little issues too that he's sorting out as well in the midst of all that too, which creates some fun conflict. But it's it's that shepherding moment of just – being there for someone who clearly needs help. Yeah, discipleship. He's like, yeah. he's kind of discipling this guy into yeah, yeah, yeah. a man. It's, it's great. Really, really wonderful. That's really fun. I had to get that out of the way. Do I have uh, to go again? I love it. 
You can no, you don't have to. We can all just do one. I could do this as the entire. Yeah, podcast. this is the whole episode. We, going. we dude, I'm here for it. But I I know you guys know this. Like I for, forget movies because I just do it and I experience it and I think about it and then. So I I'm trying to pull one out of nowhere. What about what's it's a Bill Murray? It's is it Vincent or Saint Vincent? Saint Vincent, dude. Oh, yes. I've never seen that. Melissa McCarthy. What? Yeah, yeah. Do better, I've, dude. <laughs> I've never seen it's it. Ne- I think it's Netflix right now. It I, is. Might be on. There. You know, he's this trash chain smoking old. Isn't he retired? Oh yeah. He's just angry at the world. Bad neighbor. And somehow, yeah, he's a terrible neighbor. <clears throat> and somehow, like his na- the neighbor kid, like finds his way into McCrud uh. Crudgeal Bill Murray's heart. <laughs> Ebenezer like, Scrooge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Scrooged. But it comes out and like he's like it's like a Grinch thing. Yeah, yeah. But it's so so powerful His about heart it. Which has another six size the human whole soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's really. You know, here's a hot take of one. Uh, Inside Out, the Pixar movie. Oh yeah, yeah. I think it's a great. New one's coming out. Movie. Yeah, the yeah. second one. Anna's really excited. Introducing no, it won't be as good. No, it's Let's make a sequel. Let's make it worse. That's let's resurrect a dead franchise. Here's an idea. That's an idea. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that's. I love that. I love talking about movies all day. I could do it all day. That could be an episode for sure. Like we could talk about. Wait, I thought you said three for all of us, and I'm the only one. No, let's just do one. He said, "Let's change it. We're gonna do one for you, one for him." That way, we still each other through it. Okay, good enough. That could be more episode. Well, we could do that on another day. Okay, that'd be fun. I'm here for it. But if you couldn't tell, like we love story. We're we're all about it. We're huge fans. It kind of shapes who we are because we're all part of a big story, and it kind of makes us feel like family in a lot of ways. So this season in the podcast, we're hoping to bring a little bit more clarity around it and uh, how to think about it well and how to even formulate your own story and how uh, even something as great as baptism is like a public declaration of, mm-hmm. of story and what God's doing. Mm-hmm. And all this kind of thing, like it echoes the gospel and it's speaking to us in a variety of ways. So uh, first question I have, and I want to pose to to the group, to the all, all three guests on the podcast <laughs> Uh, is how do stories long for and echo uh, what we find in the Bible? What would you guys say to that? How do stories long for yep. and echo what we find in the Bible? Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, something you said. I'm gonna I'm gonna zoom out and go past Bible mm-hmm. and do like a thing of like you know that two plus two is four. And anybody who says two plus two is five, you're like that's sweet. We'll pray for you. Like it's it's like good luck. Mm-hmm. No. And in the same, like if you have any sort of musical sensibility, you can't play a C chord with a C E and G notes and be like, dude, let's do a let's do an F sharp in there, let's right. throw an E flat in there for the heck of it. That'll be absolute garbage. Unless you're Jacob Collier. <laughs> Unless you you're can, Jacob Collier you're in the middle of a song. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're talking about natural <laughs> harmony, but see that even that chord has to have other chords to right, give right. it sense. Yeah. yeah. But natural harmony is like two plus two is five. You can't do it. <clears throat> in the same way, those things are true whether or not you like it, whether or not you try to change it. Right. Similarly, um, nobody created the idea of story. We recognize it. Nobody created two plus two is four. We recognize that it's a reality. It's how the entire universe works. It's how our souls work. It's how our brains work. It's how the Bible works. And so to approach the Bible universe reality or my soul or your soul and go two plus two is six, deal with it is not truth and it's not reality. And to go and look at a C chord and go, this will be natural harmony and not uh, unnatural dissonance and to add an F sharp and an E flat right. is incorrect. Similarly, to just approach the world with black and white binary is false and wrong and not mm-hmm. true. And t- to know that there's a storied reality that we're living in helps us find our way in the world. Mm-hmm. And it's not just us doing the Bible thing. <clears throat> now, to notice and recognize that the Bible does have a unified, cogent, storied thing that we're dealing with 
makes everything come to life, Technicolor, 3D, IMAX, boom, rather than bland and two-dimensional black and white. And so I I think realizing that we are by nature storied creatures Mm -hmm. is this like um, um, presupposition to to this thing that we, we dismiss. And if we don't, I think if we don't settle there and soak there and marinate there, then the like the stuff kind of gets muddied. Yeah. But that that presupposition alone to me is really beautiful and really yeah. powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think even um, if you zoom out even further, you think about the fact that story, the entire purpose of story is as a signpost to point back to the original writer. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Even the Bible isn't the end all be all. Like this isn't the thing. This is the thing that's about the thing. And so yeah. it's a story that points towards something else. And I think story naturally does that all the time. Um, Mm -hmm. No matter what you're watching, it's pointing to a bigger idea beyond itself. Mm -hmm. And I think since, you know, our worldview, what we believe is that all of this is from the heart of a creator, that every story in some way is going to point back to the heart of our creator. Mm -hmm. And so if you can learn to start doing that, I mean, even as you read the Bible and you come across these psycho stories or you're reading the law and it's like, don't boil a baby goat in its mother's milk. You're like, okay, this is going to be tough, but what does this tell me about the heart of God? Like how is this pointing to something about his character? It's painting a tough picture. And I think if you can start reading books and watching movies, watching TV shows with that lens of Mm -hmm. like, what is this telling me? Because even though the world or even within the church, they want us to believe that there's a split. There's secular and there's Christian Mm -hmm. and Christian ones are going to point to God and secular ones Mm -hmm. aren't. I just don't think that exists. I think because we are all within the universe that God made, everything is going to point to him in Mm -hmm. some way because it's all his idea. So even as you're watching, you know, these secular movies or reading these secular stories, it's like, they're going to be a signpost. Yeah. Kind of point. It's a callback. It's an echo. Yeah. 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 I think too, like the, uh, and thinking about even just the creator, I mean, he has put in us an innate sense of creativity. Right. I mean, you think right. about the creator creates. Uh, Some more than others. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's there's this creativity in, embedded in all of us, and I think that's mm-hmm. totally on purpose and in, within our DNA. Yeah, the, the president up at North Greenville, um, <clears throat> he wrote a book a while back called God as Author. Yeah. And it was a fun take <laughs> on story, but the whole deal was to say this is about this is about something beautiful in God right. that is innate. A- anything in us is derived because we are creaturely. Yeah. But all of this really is this lovely, long backdoor conversation about this is really something about God and right. his nature and who he is, what he's about, creativity, yeah. authorship, that kind of thing. That's really lovely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you write a, a question here that says, what story are you living by? Mm-hmm. I think that's an incredible question to yeah. ask because it's not just the story that we're living or the stories that we believe, but there are stories that we tell ourselves mm-hmm. Um, that end up being lies. right? And so uh, I think maybe you asked this in a sermon recently, who's the hero of your story? Well, that was Jason. That Jason. No, I'm not yeah, that's yeah. smart. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jason's not that smart. It's the David and Goliath story. But yeah, story. it's like if you ask yourself that question of like, mm-hmm. who's the hero of my story? What story am I living mm-hmm. by? A lot of the times what you're going to find is you're telling yourself probably a story of the enemy or right. a story that you derive from trauma or something that um, you're the victim or you're the perpetrator, mm-hmm. which actually both of those are kind of true at the same time. Right. But if at the end of the day, Christ is the hero of your story, mm-hmm. then it's like your entire story gets rewritten and has an, an entirely different arc, mm-hmm. that it's actually going somewhere different than what you believe. Yeah. So like 
checking that in your heart mm-hmm. of like, all right, even daily, <clears throat> like what story am I telling myself yeah. today? Yeah. There's a, there's a book called the story changer and it starts just like that. Like you, you start talking about all these villains that you find, whether it be in movie stories that we love, like there's a conflict immediately. And that's the role of Christ is like your story is bound for not a great place. He comes in, steps into the muck, into the mud, mm. and weaves it and mm. is the story changer. Mm. And that's, if, if you haven't I read it, that. it's a great yeah, book. Quick little I, uh, uh, resource tip. There's yeah. a book called Echoes of Eden mm. by Jerome yes. Bars. And uh, he works through, there are different moments where he works through, like, how to find the Echoes of Eden in Lord of the Rings, how to mm-hmm. find the Echoes of Eden in Harry Potter and yeah. stuff like that. So just a really great book. Yeah. See how many books we can suggest. Yeah, I was going to say, you, you should, you should suggest a couple out. too, for sure. I have a question. Yeah. Uh, what was your original question? Because we didn't answer it at <laughs> we all. Did. We, we did. We mostly did. About how do stories long for an echo? Yeah. Okay, okay. We talk about it. We did talk about it. We did it. An echo. Yeah. Okay. I just felt like I was like, and no, just went, it was went a different direction. Yeah. I would say to that as well, we've been talking about like, okay, yes, it is a callback. It is echoing this. Uh, and we talk about like a biblical mm. gospel lens. We get a lot of questions just on stuff that we absorb, we read, yeah. we watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How? How do we do that? So how how do we take something within a story and then mm-hmm. give it that gospel lens? I, I mean, the first thing to me is I'll like a uh, do it. For hours. Yeah, you could you could go forever. <laughs> <on this. laughs> My Flower first thought here, is is like they used to teach uh, you know old old uh, people at the cash register the, the way you recognize a fake is to know the real thing. Yeah. And so, not that the the contingent. Uh, derived modern stories <clears throat> are not the real thing, but the whole point is the way you recognize it everywhere is know the gospel better, read the gospel more, understand your need for the gospel more, preach the gospel more, see how Jesus is the point of every passage in the Bible um, and not just the, his four biographies. Like, yeah. See, L- Luther said, um, <clears throat> God did not write the promise of resurrection in Scripture alone, but on every leaf in springtime. And so, Woo, like the, the heavens declare the glory of God. Yeah, <laughs> come on, Martin. The skies proclaim His hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's the that's the story thing is everywhere. The gospel thing is everywhere. Yeah. And so, if we just know the gospel, love the gospel, think about the gospel, ask questions about the gospel, the Jesus story, try to pick it apart, try to put it back together over and over in our own souls and brains, then you'll be able to see it as clear as day in an I Am Legend or in a Harry oh, Potter man. or in a yeah. whatever you're doing. Yeah. And so, I think most people want to go okay. What is this piece of art or what is this like song? Like, where can I find the gospel in the song? And I go, it'll happen, but just love the gospel more. You yeah, can't short right, circuit right. your Bible yeah, yeah, reading. Start there. <laughs> you, start there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so don't don't study different kinds of fakes and frauds. Study the real thing. Mm-hmm. And all the other shadows That's will so good. make yeah. sense of the other things. That's like, great. Yeah. And, and I mean, as much as I love taking it apart in movies. Yeah, dissect. And I will do that. Like, I'm yeah, here for it. Sure. Uh, it's just like make the gospel, make sure the gospel's sweet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my music prof at CIU, Dr. Rod Lewis. If you're listening, I hope you're proud of me. You're not. What's up? Um, you're not. <laughs> I'm really doing it. I'm doing it's what really I studied. Uh, he used to say all the time, "Everything is a metaphor." And when I would dig on that, I'd be like, well, "What do you mean by that?" He said, "If if you do it well enough, you can find uh, the gospel in anything. Yeah. You can find uh, the heart of God in anything." And so he would talk about a glass of wine, and he would say, do you know what had to die in order to make this mm. this sweet thing that we get to enjoy? And the reason it's perfect as the cup of Christ is because something had to bleed mm. in order to make this happen. The all pen has to bleed to write the word. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. There's, right. all, there's so many good it's things. You look at the in. sun, and you go, yeah. you can look at sunrises and sunsets. There's metaphors everywhere. Yeah. And so to me, it's like 
are you are you willing to because I've I've talked about this before and some people get annoyed at it. They're like, do you ever chill and just like just enjoy a sunset? No, and I'm like, absolutely. no, I don't. Uh, usually the sunset is only as good as what it points to. It is beautiful, but like, what does this mean? What's beyond it? I once asked Matt Rexford, what do, what do sports mean? And he said, I've never been so annoyed with you. In my he was like, that's the worst question ever. But that is kind of what I'm asking all the time is like, what does this mean? What does this point to? How does this help me understand Jesus better and the gospel better? And so if you can do what some might find the annoying task of finding the metaphor and everything, how does yeah. this tell me more about Jesus? I think what that does is it makes even your times of relaxation and checking out and watching Netflix and stuff, it makes it an opportunity for worship and it makes it a moment where you can continually learn more about the gospel and love it more and come to see it more in all things. Because again, this is the story. Mm -hmm. And so if we can begin kind of hijacking all these other things and using them as a means to enrich the gospel in our minds, then it's like, it's a win every time. Here's my push though. I think that people are scared to do the metaphor thing for two reasons. One, they're not taught how they're not, they're not trained in doing it. And the other thing is they go, if it's a metaphor, then that means meaning must be subjective. And that's all just, too, it's too loosey-goosey, and you can just, it's a wax nose, it's all moldable, it's whatever. And so they're scared to dance in like metaphor land and art land. Because well, it, it feels, is loose. It is, but I think what we're saying is uh, there's a concrete rock solid anchored down mm-hmm. feet on the ground gospel. There is a cross, there is an empty tomb. It really happened, it's not a joke. And then the other things are... Uh, uh, Different levels of pixelated shadow of that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I, none I, of them, none of them uh, capture it wholly, yeah, yeah, in yeah, and of totally. themselves. Yeah. But it's a hint. It's little, just like, oh, this reminds me of that moment. Little or this nuggets. reminds me of this thing. Yeah. Little little uh, psalm nuggets. Yeah. <laughs> little psalm, little psalm <laughs> nuggets. Psalm nuggets. There it is. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's what you said. I mean, I think people could start by asking themselves the question, like, okay, am I regularly relying on this uh, in my life? Mm-hmm. Am I waking up? Am I dying to self? all these things, sacrificially loving others, and am I actually looking for it? And there might right. be some skewed, you know, perspectives in the midst of all that, but on the basis level, like, look for simple things like themes of redemption, grace, mm. hope, forgiveness, yeah. healing, all those things. Begin to look for those things. <clears throat> Speaking of those feelings, mm-hmm. um, so what are some stories that we tell ourselves when we struggle? And I think that this is the root of where the enemy loves to keep us, like mm-hmm. where he wants to just see us in the shadows. But what 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 do you think are some stories that we would tell ourselves when we are So I think um, there's there's a couple ways to look <clears throat> at that. So one, there is whole stories that we say about ourselves mm-hmm. um, based on kind of what character you see yourself as. Like, I'm the villain in this story or I'm the victim in this story and I'm going to define my entire story arc around that idea. Mm-hmm. But I also think there's... Um, People will sometimes uh, only see part of their story and think it's the whole thing. Mm. And so trauma is a big part of that, like thinking that what happened 20, 30 years ago is the end. That's the end of the story. And so they live as if it's done. And my story ended when that thing happened to me. Instead of like zooming out and seeing, is there a possibility that there's more to this story, that there's actually a full story arc of redemption yeah. and reconciliation. Beginning, and middle, end, end. Instead of just stopping mm-hmm. at the presentation of the conflict and now the story's over and that's the end. Right. So I think a lot of times people aren't necessarily just living by a false story, but they're just not living according to the hope of a full story mm-hmm. that 
this is going to end differently than you think. And I've had people go, I've been like, dude, is there a chance that the Bible has a different interpretation on your life than you do? Yeah. Right. And I've had people go, I've had people be like, <laughs> people be. who would say they're Christians be like, no. No, <laughs> no I understand that like, entirely. I'm about to throw this King James at you, dude. You better look KJV out. For the All right, Chan, I'm going to put it back on you. You yep. said, what are the stories you think people tell themselves a lot? Was that your question? Yeah. Like, what do you, what do you think a dominant one is? Like, a problematic story that people tell? Like, one that gets them in trouble, what do you think? Mm, that's a great question. Um, fear is a big one mm. right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I know we hear it a lot in Scripture. I mean, that fear is false. Fear is like alive. living out of fear, making yeah, decisions living, out of fear. Making decisions out yeah. of that knee-jerk reaction is a big one. Mm. Living um, the story of being constantly threatened by some other thing yeah. that's more powerful than you, yeah. and you are being pressed down and oppressed by that right. thing constantly. Yeah. I think one in like our our, uh, our really driven culture, our individualistic culture mm-hmm. is like the idea of control <clears throat> that, yo, if you're just in this bad muck of life, all you have to do is this, this, and this, and you have this equation <clears throat> that underneath it is you can control these things. And if you, you plug these things into the equation, you'll get this, metric this result this final thing of like oh everything's good in my story i'm the hero of my story whatever so i think fear i love the fear when i think control is another one yeah of of and then probably in between both of those is money right Mm -hmm. um follow the money is its own story (laughs) and you can be a conspiracy theorist with that or a practitioner of like your own life (laughs) want to talk about money let's go Uh, Uh, i think uh there's so there's other stories that i think we're told from our youth of yeah. like the story that you're supposed to live up to. Um, one that I think we were probably all told and we were raised in is the American dream. This, so it's comparison in a lot of ways too. Right. It's Ooh, like, um, this is this is where I'm supposed to be by now. I'm yep. 36 and yep. I'm supposed to be here by now. And if I haven't lived out that story yet, then I've failed in some way mm-hmm. because this is the ideal thing. Right. As opposed to the horribly scary, painful question of, God, what story are you writing? And then I'm just going to, I'll do that, mm. whatever you want for me. And uh, usually that looks like denying yourself, giving away all your money, and not getting what you want. Yeah, the poster child of faith <laughs> in the Bible is uh, go where? I'll tell you when you get there. Dang it. Where? Tell me the uh, answer. Uh, an entirely fruitless ministry and no one's going to like you. And you're Give like, me the oh, answer. I changed my mind. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. That's great. Uh, those are some good questions to think about mm-hmm. just as you're processing stories as well. Yeah. Um, so scripture as story, um, thinking about it on those terms. So how how do we see the Bible as God's story from Genesis to Revelation? I know it's a big, big question, but in the beginning, we established conflict pretty quick, mm-hmm. and that's how we see. So fast. Yeah, that, we see that reflected in our own life too. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's pretty much conflict right away. Yeah, I think I think you have to say, well, what are, we've used story so much here, and it's great, yeah. but what are the things that comprise the idea of story? Well, minimally, you have relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, that can be relationships between characters in a story, people in a story, or between the people in the story and their surroundings, uh, the people in the story between people who are different than them. Uh, you can either even get meta and be like, this. it has to do with the people in the story and the one who wrote the story, the sure. author, the writer. Yeah. Um, the fourth wall breaking. Yeah, yeah, fourth wall Um but then every story includes some sort of fracture, uh, a problem, and you do this high school English class, the rising plot and falling out, mm-hmm. blah, 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 all that stuff. And so 
the Bible is a story that has full awareness that we are supposed to be in relationship with God, but mm-hmm. something has gone terribly wrong. And also the other thing about story is it has movement. So it's not just relationships and awareness of a problem, but it's moving towards some uh, way to respond to that problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the Bible's aware of all these things, <clears throat> that there is a climactic, ultimate, supreme relationship, and something is jacked up in that, and it's like off course somehow. Mm-hmm. And the Bible is what is being done about that, mm-hmm. uh, both from a divine vertical perspective and a human horizontal perspective. Right and human response to the divine, of course. And so it has a single movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've written this down, and this is not good if you're not, uh, if you're just listening to this, <laughs> sorry. But like, <laughs> too bad. Uh, if Western thinking, uh, narratival thought moves from left to right, it's linear, it's just a straight line. Right. And Eastern thinking, like the yin and the yang and woohoo and reincarnation, is circular thinking. It's just around, we're just cutting another spin, baby, let's do another lap. Mm-hmm. And the Bible's way is like a line that comes back and circles back and picks up other ideas right. and circles back. So it moves forward by circling back. Yeah. So that let, let's take the theme of exile in the Bible. Genesis yeah. 3, they're exiled from the garden. Mm-hmm. So that theme of exile happens all the time. They get in the land, then they leave it's the a land. trend, yeah. And then they go back into the land and they leave the land. And then the final thing in the great book of Revelation is we're finally back home in the land and we're not exiled out anymore. But the whole point on the cross is when Jesus says, my God, you've forsaken me, is he's experiencing the problem, the sin, mm-hmm. the the fraction, the exile, so that we can be brought in and brought home. Right. And so that's a Bible way of moving the story forward by circling back and somehow continuing to move forward at the same time. Yeah. So it's not just this, what is the story that the Bible tells, because you can frame that in terms of uh, belonging and exile. You can frame that in terms of like a land and non-land, or you can mm-hmm. frame that in terms of... Uh, belonging and separation. You can yeah. frame it in a billion ways, but the whole point is not just the story it tells, but how it tells it yep. is is always going to challenge the way we tell stories. Right? Doesn't Tim Mackey say uh, from the Bible Project? He he says that like everything after Genesis one through three is just a hyperlink back to those three chapters. <laughs> yeah, he's like it's Essentially, all almost we're like the, a cassette almost tape. the entire biblical narrative is written out mm-hmm. in the first three chapters. Right, and then. Everything from that point on, even Jesus uh, in a garden right before he goes to the tree. Um, and then when he dies, he tells the thief on the cross, today you'll be with me in Paradiso, mm-hmm. the garden. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like just this continual callback to this is what it was all about in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, and even, even Aristotle, back to my first line about like <clears throat> nobody created story, you recognize it. Aristotle in one of his like philosophical sides goes, a story constitutes a beginning, a middle, and an end. Mm-hmm. And we're like, duh, yeah, Aristotle. No wow, like, great dude. job! You got Amazing. you got paid for that, you idiot. Yeah, yeah. Um, someone should write that down. Yeah. But <laughs> the, the wild thing about that is, he's recognizing something about the fabric of reality, and the Hebraic and/or Jewish counterpart to that is not that yo, you're wrong. It's that the way they tell a story is beginning, middle, beginning. Mm, yeah, because new creation is the goal. Yeah, right. it's like kingdom is creation, and then covenant, Get and then back it's to where kingdom we again. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so. I, I, it, it's not just the story; yeah. it's how it's told right. that I think is very valuable when it comes to the, the story of Scripture. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's great too. With with that line too, because it's almost like, I mean, we allude to it, and you you talked about it before, but it, it is this like three cycle approach. So there's like home is Eden, like that's mm-hmm. that's the baseline for what it is, and then that loop that you mentioned is uh, exile. Like we we kind of step back into that. Eventually, we we 
kind of get out of that mm-hmm. and we return back home. Like it's just, back. it's a loop back home. And so Dude, like there's gonna, this three tier thing. I'm going to do, another, home. Can I home do another book commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is called From Eden to New Jerusalem Ooh. by T. Desmond Alexander. Yes. And all he does is he'll pick <clears throat> one theme and do the whole Bible with that theme. So one of them could be an exile theme. One of them could be an atonement theme. One of them could be a community uh-huh. theme. One Ooh. of them could be a kingship theme. And he just goes, this is how it was in Genesis 1 through 3. Mm-hmm. And here's how it went awry. Yeah. And then we he kind of follows it through the gospel, and he ends up in Revelation. And um, it's fabulous. He just got a temple motif and dealing with the devil, like the, the serpent and evil. He's So he just traces all those themes throughout. And you can... Again, you can frame it differently, but the whole point is this the movement of the thing. Mm-hmm. And I love that the dominant thing in the movement is God moving towards us. Mm-hmm. It's not, not us having all of our stuff together and going, I got this. Who wrote Garden City? Is that John Mark Comer? Yeah, it's John Mark oh, Comer. Comer. Yeah, that was another good one. Yeah. Really, really yep. good one. What are your thoughts on that? Any thoughts? Uh yeah, I mean, again, I I'm always zooming out. Um yeah. I live in existential contemplation mm-hmm. constantly. Mount Everest, everything. <laughs> Everything's Everest to me. Everything is like, how can we make this bigger right. than it is? <laughs> and uh, so to me, I'm like, it's always helpful for me to remember a story isn't just a cute idea uh, that makes us feel really smart and like we're watching movies really well. Mm-hmm. And, but it's the thing. Like, stories are explanations of existence. Yeah. It's like describing existence or taking us on the story of some character, their experience with their existence and what that means. And all of that is about what does it mean for us to exist under the rule of God and to actually bear his image well. And mm. it's all the stuff that's caught up in that. How have we failed to do that? How mm. is he going to change that for us? And when you watch a movie or you engage in a story or you think about your own story, you got to ask those questions too. Like, what is my place in this? What does this mean for me? What does this mean that that God has something different for me? And so I, I think... This is just from my experience of talking to people about story. Yeah. There seems to be this pushback pretty regularly of like, yeah, story's fine and stuff, but like I just want to read the Bible. And I'm like, well, you can't separate those things. They're, they're, you realize they're the same Bigger thing. and better story. He said, well, well. well. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to what you just said. Say yeah, it out loud so again I, in slow I motion. I think, I don't know, sometimes I hear some uh, pushback. It's kind of like Paul writing Romans where he's like, now you might be saying, <laughs> I can hear some of those questions of like, is this really that important? Yeah. And... um. Yes, yes, it is. And I think like Revelation 12, it's a a moment that's really special to me where it talks about these people who are waiting for redemption. They're, they are saints who have died, yeah. and they're crying out, waiting for God to bring about final redemption. And in verse 12, or verse 11, chapter 12, verse 11 says, "...they conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony." Hmm. For they love their lives, uh, they did not love their lives even unto death. Mm. And so that to me is like a callback all the way back to the Psalms as well of like, tell the next generation of the things of the Lord. Mm. Like you have to get good at telling the story of the Bible, the story mm. of the gospel, mm. and being able to tell your own story yeah. in light of that because it's what it's all about. Like yeah. this is the whole game. And that's how we approach it story amongst yeah. our people too, like in Fellowship Greenville, thinking mm-hmm. about it well and... The whole story, like you're mm-hmm. thinking about your own journey, and you <clears throat> automatically you have to think about okay, before Christ, because of Christ, right? Like that's 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 the world you live in when, yeah. you're, when you're sharing your story and how you're formulating it. Can I do a, a funny aside? Yeah, I had lunch with Rexford because he's preaching in a month, 
and I get the David and Bathsheba sermon. Um, <laughs> of course you do. Hooray. Which, yay. yay. Huzzah. But he's going to do the week after me, and since we're doing worship and uh, wisdom wisdom yeah, yeah. all summer, Literature. all year for our thing, yeah. but Bible reading, he's going to do Psalm 51, which is the song oh, that wow. David wrote oh, yeah. after yes. the David and Bathsheba thing. Ooh, <laughs> sin is ever before. And so I was, I was talking to him about, like, <laughs> stories, even how I think about, like, our sermon series, like... If you watch Stranger Things, I can, you can watch season one, episode three, and you can have enough context so that thing can stand alone. Mm-hmm. But in that episode, they're doing something with the plot of those characters in that 45-minute shabam. But they're also, at the beginning and end of the episode and right in the middle, they're tagging you in reminders from episode one and two and setting up what they're going to do with Eleven and everything mm-hmm. in the final episode. I think it's eight. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But the whole point is like, our sermon series, we're, we're talking about royalty for the whole thing. So yeah. every every sermon, if you just come once, it can stand alone as this is a thing. Right. But what I, I hope we do is that somehow at the beginning of those sermons at the end, we tag you in. This is a part of a bigger thing and not just, oh, the whole Bible. It's that sermon series of yeah. royalty. We're trying to think about how our divine calling is to reflect God uh, and, and bear his image as the king of all kings. And like we can learn something about that in David. And so each sermon would be like an episode mm-hmm. in an entire season of thought. Mm-hmm, right. And like I was I was encouraging Matt to be like, yo, this is what I want to do with I was even thinking about already naming my sermon uh Royalty Ruined, because this is David's fall. Right. And like Matt was thinking about something about repentance, and it's like, well, this is repentance is a royal action. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like setting it up like that even helps. It's not just a um a, a sleight of hand for preachers to make sure people are on the same page. Right. If we're reading the Bible correctly, like that, that is true of all of our Bible reading as well as setting up a sermon series and something like that. Right. So it, it, it affects everything from our theology right. and our movie watching down to the practice of like, why are we naming a series this? Right. How do we set it? We don't just do the little two-minute thing at the beginning of a sermon to be like, oh, this is the series we're in. Right. It's We're trying to, to make you feel a story yeah. the right way. Yeah. And uh, I, so I, I love that it changes even little things like Those that. details matter. Yeah, sure. totally. Yeah, N.T. NT Wright has this analogy about uh, listening to a full orchestra and a full symphony. And he says, if you only read certain chunks of the Bible or you just take it one chapter and then don't read anything else, it would be like just taking a few measures out of the symphony, mm-hmm. just listening to that and being hey. like, it's it's kind of pretty. Yeah, I, don't, right. I don't really understand it. And being like, well, of course you don't. You didn't. It'd be like the stopping at Malachi and just reading well, and being was, like, is there, the story's not that great. Right. It's pretty sad. Exactly. You're like, you didn't read the whole thing. He also has a great line where he says, uh, every passage of scripture is a window through which to see the whole story of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Why is he so well, He's such Why a is gangster. That so great? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> there's, and this might be a Tom Wright thing, but he says, uh, maybe it was him, I can't remember, but he says, the story of Jesus is the story to which all other stories are accountable. Jeez. Um, it's the most clear way to see the most dominant story. And now, whether it's the story of Dagum Nahum or Malachi, 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 or the story My favorite Old Testament. <laughs> oh, he's the best. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Or Habakkuk, 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 Like whatever story it is, your personal story, your kids' stories, like the the primary point of accountability in those things is the Jesus story. Mm-hmm. And, and man, that, what a, a humbling thing! Because again, the point is to keep going back to that, keep reviewing that. Yeah. Keep great. Another reference: Jesus Storybook Bible. Hey, oh yeah, it's for great. Kids, but it's my wonderful. Word, it really helps you see every absolutely story in this context. I agree. Yeah. Well, we could talk about it for days. I know we could. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I thought about two ways that we could think about story from each one of us, mm-hmm. like yeah. to to our audience who might be listening or watching. Um, my 
always go-to statements are that this is something that makes us feel connected beyond our even our own family units. Like it's just like mm. beyond immediate family. Go somewhere. This is a piece of story that you can share, and that's an immediate connecting point with someone. Uh, so that it goes it goes beyond our immediate families, and it makes us feel more connected. Um, and then the big one too is that, and we talked about it earlier. The enemy wants to keep you in the conflict mm-hmm. and not see an arc where you go exile and where you see resolution and redemption. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in that moment, I always like to say, when he reminds you, when the devil reminds you of your past, simply remind him of his future. Mm-hmm. And think about that in the context of your story. And as you're living that out, uh, remind him yeah. of what the ending is for him. It's, yeah. not, it's not great. We've already won, guys. It's, it's good not news. great, man. Yeah. 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 He's just he's going kicking yeah. and screaming. But what I think y'all? my two, I've alluded to him uh, multiple times, yeah. but um, everything's a metaphor. And uh, I love that so much. Yeah. Uh, but that's kind of how I, I think about all story yeah. is like, how does this point me in a direction to think about God better? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that would, that would be my first one. Um, I think beyond that, uh, it's really just a piggyback off of that, but, um, it's a signpost, like mm. everything we watch, everything we think about, every story you tell yourself mm. is pointing to something beyond itself. Mm. And so sometimes it's a false story and you need to figure out what it's pointing to. Like, is this pointing to a lie Mm -hmm. that I don't need to believe anymore? Um, Or is it pointing to a truth? And we have the ability by the Holy Spirit to humble ourselves and submit to the true story. I, um, there's a great New Testament scholar named Michael Gorman who wrote a book called Cruciformity, uh, Paul's narrative spirituality of the cross which is great, and I love that word, cruciformity, that like in the shape of the cross and the form of a cross, the cross. And so I would say in music that you listen to, uh, visual art that you see, um, stories that you take in on podcasts, stories that you read on a book, uh, movies that you watch, TV shows that you consume, find something where you're like, that action feels like, looks like, sounds like, like has the texture of the cross, mm-hmm. whether it's the sacrificial love of a mom to her kid or whether it's a really nice turn of phrase lyric in your favorite Taylor Swift song, whatever it is, whatever whatever it may be, oh boy. that might not exist. But um, uh, find find even the the smallest shadow fracture glimpse mm-hmm. or glittering of the cross. Like there's a cru- all of nature is cruciform that that we we get we get the fruitfulness of spring because of the barrenness of winter. That kind of right. thing is cruciform by nature. So ha- have like a, a, a cross shaped pair of glasses that you wear or ears that you listen to when you're listening to music or whatever it is when you're consuming story and art. Yeah. Like look for that and don't feel that you're forcing it. I, right. Right. I, I think other people who don't roll like this, their their brains work a little bit differently. They go, ah, it's too hard, too much effort. Mm-hmm. I go, don't, you don't, there's not rules right. for it necessarily, but just think about, hey, that that has an echo of the cross in it. Yeah. Right. Um, think about that with everything. And yeah. if it, if you, so gentle challenge here, if you find that uh, thinking about this, like, man, you're telling me that even when I'm like sitting down at night watching Netflix, I got to like think of this in terms of the gospel mm-hmm. and the cross and stuff. If that sounds exhausting to you and you're like, well, can't I just watch the movie? I would just press on that a little bit and, and say, perhaps uh, you believe that you can uh, split your life into sections that, don't need to be about God and other sections that are about God. And the truth is uh, you're called to deny yourself and let 
everything be about you decreasing and him increasing. And so, uh, yeah, even when you're relaxing and resting <laughs> and trying to check out and stuff, uh, in Make those it moments, it's still a time to worship. It's yeah. still a time to contemplate yeah. and think. And I think this whole conversation is hopefully wanting to give people, our people, like right. as people who shepherd and pastor and care for yeah. and lead here, <clears throat> Wanting to give people a pair of glasses that's like, yeah. look, God's everywhere. Look, the cross is mm-hmm. everywhere. And it's and restful to do it. It's not work. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, man, this it is life. Be. It can, it can hey, be work. It can be work. <laughs> right. But I think eventually it becomes so habitual. That but it's rewarding. Like, it's, yeah. it's it's a very rewarding kind of experience. Oh, it's so yeah, worth absolutely. It. Oh, yeah. these new glasses are so, what the heck? But yeah, yeah. you'll see. Yeah. You'll be able to see. I didn't realize how it's tall like I was until I got glasses when I was 28. And I was like, whoa. It's like the colorblind the colorblind videos that they used to put the glasses on. Whoa. Oh, is that what it looks like? Yeah. I was Jeezy when he got glasses. Oh, <laughs> I, I believe it. God, I love it. Well, that's great. That that is uh, that wraps up. Good talk. This guys. episode. You're great, Chandler. Good talk. Ross. All you know, we're all guests on the on the podcast. Yeah. Isn't that Amen. wonderful? We're all we're all guests on God's podcast. Every time, <laughs> right? Amen, Amen. Amen. It's history. It. It's His story. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. His I've never story. Heard. That. I want that on a church sign right now. <laughs> I love it. Well, thanks for sticking around, guys. For uh, for listening to this episode, and uh, we hope you'll uh, tune back in for more. And uh, we'll see you next time. The Jesus on Display podcast is produced right here at Fellowship Greenville in Greenville, South Carolina. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Follow and share this podcast with anyone who might be interested or curious about our church community or how storytelling unites us and helps us feel more connected. To actively keep up with what's going on at our church, head to our website at fellowshipgreenville.org. Follow us on all social media platforms and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks for tuning in. Grace and peace to you for your week, and we'll see you next time.